What's up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And, and this, this is Waking Up, up the witch. witch. We're your neighborhood witches. Each week, we talk about all things witchy and connect with other humans in a storytelling format about navigating life on this floating rock. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we are always open to feedback on how we can do better. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of waking up the witch. Now, let's go ghouls! <laughs> <laughs> hello amber hello taylor oh i got chip crumbs on my shirt <laughs> how's it going oh i'm like really good and also really bad all at the same time <laughs> i was like me last week i threw my back out while camping so it's in a lot of pain right now. Um, yeah. But it'll be healed tomorrow. It'll be healed tomorrow. We're manifesting mm -hmm. that. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, I went camping this weekend with our friend Julia. Past guest. she like episode four or something? Five? Yeah. Um, amazing woman in my life and so grateful that we got to go spend time in the woods this weekend and it was it was the Sagittarius full moon and so we she's a Sag rising and I'm a Sag moon so very Sag energy Maybe. hanging out with us snowball came too and I think she's also a Sag moon <laughs> so we had we had a really good time and howled at the moon so so much and there was like this really beautiful stump that had fallen over like huge humongous stump like taller than me and we created a little altar there mm. i have this bag of crystals that joey brought back um when he was visiting in february and it's this bag of crystals that we bought together when we first started hosting moon gatherings with lots of people mm -hmm. back in Denver. And so he's always held on to it on his altar and he brought it out here in February and he said, I think it's your time to babysit for a while. And it was cool because the first time we got those was the first time we ever did a big moon ritual. There was like 10 of us and Julia was mm -hmm. a part of that and that was her first moon ritual. So it felt kind of full circle. And so I brought it with us and we just picked them out of the bag and found placements for it all over the tree stump. It was so beautiful. And then just as, as we were there over the weekend, we found like different feathers and we'd go place them on there. Snowball hung out there for a little while. Um, so that was really, really lovely too. So even though I hurt my back like first morning after the first night, um, we still just had such a beautiful time together and um, what else did we do? We pulled some cards and both have just like big changes happening in our lives currently and big things ahead. And the card pulls were just so on point for us. It was mm -hmm. so good. Um, just to get witchy with her in the woods and spend the weekend together. It was on the Deschutes River. We had this, it was like the most perfect camp spot and you could only find it if you were just driving around and 
you know, stumbled across it, which is how her and her fiance had found it. And so that was really lovely. And you just hike down a little bit. You're like on this cliff looking over at the Deschutes and just a small little hike down and you could be like right up against it on like this small little beach spot. So, oh, that was so fucking good. Amazing. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. How are you? Um, I just started having a headache like while you were talking. I have one too. What the fuck? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I don't know if I have allergies or mm-hmm. my baby's doing something. <laughs> I think I know her name, but I'm not telling you guys. Oh, that's exciting! I'll tell you, but I told Kurt. I don't want to tell people yet. <laughs> I'll keep it secret. Um, I'm so excited. I just want to say it. I'm not going to say it yet. <laughs> Will you remind me? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um. Good fine i went to the um bluegrass festival down the street from my house on saturday and that was really fun my sister-in-law and her husband met us there with my niece aurora and it was really fucking hot at first Mm. we got there at like two it was so hot and so we like stayed for a little bit, had ice cream, and then went back. It was like three minutes from my house, so we went back. Amazing. Through that Roxy Ann winery. Um, went back to my house, cooled off, and came back. And it was just really nice. I ended the night with pizza from Clyde's Corner. Mm. and Best pizza. Um, started the show Platonic on Apple TV. It's... Um, Seth Rogen and I think her name's Rose Byrne. She's I think that they both do the Neighbors movies. Oh yeah, I do love those movies. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. Kurt fell asleep because he was kind of drunk. Okay, but, I'm gonna have to watch that. I um, love a good Seth Rogen movie. It's a show. Our show. Yeah, I don't know that he's done any shows. I don't know either, but I love Seth yeah, Rogen. It was great. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yesterday didn't feel good. Very much. So, um, we Curtis looked at a bunch of houses on Friday with a realtor, hmm. and we were really excited at first because the prices of things seemed to have gone down, but they're moving quick. Like mm, I think everybody notices snatched. that they have gone down, and um, I just don't want to like make a decision. Because we have to be out of our place by September 15th, but we have to let them know by, like, August 15th. Mm-hmm. And I've already told them that, like, I don't want to stay. Um, I just don't want to, like, make a decision out of, like, desperation and then it yeah. not be, like, the house that I want. Yeah, totally. You don't really get a chance to think about it. Yeah. Just trust so- the feeling. Like, if you are going to see the places like trust your feeling when Mm -hmm. you're in the space and like can you actually visualize yourself there and see things coming together so bland it's like this isn't it you know can you visualize like making it not bland too because you're gonna have to put some work into most places yeah i mean the place yesterday whoever also going into other people's houses when you're pregnant <laughs> and like the smell of other people's oh, homes no. is like nasty <laughs> the first house was like it was really cute it was just really basic lots of live laugh love and barn door <laughs> stuff 
um then it had a great backyard like there was so much potential i just didn't like feel like that was it and then the second house we looked at yesterday had a ton of potential for the future but i just didn't like it Mm -hmm. I i don't know it had a huge lot that was like zoned to put you could put four other houses on the wow. lot. And they used to have like a f- little farm on there and they did like a farmer's market and it was off Ross and it was nice. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, like it's still a potential. They haven't had a lot of people look at it. Um, so we'll go look at two today. So I'm just going to put it out there because I feel like <clears throat> every time I say something on this podcast... <laughs> It happens, mm-hmm. even the baby, um, <laughs> yeah. and my business, and just everything. It's so true. So it's a powerful but, manifesting platform for us, for yeah. sure. I don't know if it's because like other people hear it and they're like, "Yeah, she's gonna do that," and then it's like the power of the people. <laughs> if you do hear that, please do that. Yeah, <laughs> be like, "Hell yeah!" and then allow it to create more dreams for yourself and. Mm-hmm. And we're putting out good energy to your dreams, too. So, <laughs> at least three bedrooms, mm-hmm. two bathrooms, full bathrooms. Yes. I want a bathtub I can fit in. Yes. That's so important. Like a deep bathtub. Um, I want, like, open concept from kitchen to living room. I need a pantry in mm-hmm. my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then two-car garage and, like, a big backyard. That's it. That's totally possible. That's all. That exists out there. A view would be dope. Yeah. Um, And I want it for, like, 320. Fuck yeah. Or less. Hell yeah. So, and I needed to be out of my space by, I need to know by August 15th so we and then maybe i'm just feeling like maybe we haven't found found the right place yet because time is trying to be perfect mm-hmm. so that i don't have to like break my lease or anything mm-hmm. so maybe. yeah that's totally possible everything always works out perfectly like when it you does. when you arrive at the manifestation you're always like, I'm so glad it happened this way mm-hmm. because this is exactly how it needed to happen. Yeah, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Totally. And so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go. Also, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to stress. It's just like mm. the mortgage would be so much. Uh, probably like the biggest six hundred dollars. The biggest thing with that is the interest rates right now. So you got to remember that you are marrying the house and you're dating the interest rate. Someone once told me that. I just don't know how much they're gonna go down because my mother-in-law was saying like people are freaking out that they're higher, but nobody realizes that these are average. Mm. interest rates and Mm -hmm. that like they just dipped really low because of covid even before that they were dipping yeah but yeah it's been a while so yeah they're still not the highest (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure but you can always refry refry Mm -hmm. (laughs) refi if that is the case too and things do 
dip again. Mm-hmm. So. so I'm excited to decorate a house and just have it be mine and not have to worry mm-hmm. about things from a landlord and I don't know. I feel like my my property management people have been fine, but I feel like the lady that owns this house is a fucking dick. Mm. It's like I've been paying your mortgage and taking really good care of your house for the last three years and like you're not going to give me any leeway on like like getting out of the place without having to pay out of my um, lease. Weird. She gave me six like she wouldn't do month to month so we did six months but now she won't do six months again she wants a year and to raise the rent and it's like bitch. Dang. Fuck you. Gotta get out of there. I'm ready. It's time. I will miss that house. It's time. (laughs) But everything's going really good. Business is good. Um, Yeah. Just ready for the future. Trying to figure out the birth plan. Mm hmm. It's coming together. I feel like that's floundering i have no, no. you you have plenty of time even though it's going by so fast and thankfully you didn't have to like worry about moving and stuff while you were stuck on the couch mm-hmm. a few weeks ago you know and mm-hmm. it, it's all gonna work out just fine and it's gonna be fantastic when it does yeah you're gonna figure it out so i emailed the birth center and <clears throat> it was very like just I didn't say a lot I was just said um I no longer think we're fit I would like to transfer care and they called me and I didn't answer because I was nervous I didn't know who was gonna call and I didn't know if I'd get emotional and like I want to stand my ground on how I feel and Mm -hmm. so I just didn't want to answer and I listened to the voicemail and it was the dude yeah that's fucking so insane it was the owner's husband (laughs) that that was the person who called is the child molester so it's like i just can't i just thought that was fucking insane i mean in a way it's kind of like affirming your choice oh yeah you know 100 percent. so that was mind-blowing to me still feels weird to say and i feel like i'm doing them dirty but like I haven't said their name and also I'm not I'm not doing anything wrong they did. Yeah. Yeah, I just exactly. feel guilty talking about it. So I don't know. I don't want you to feel guilty talking about it because it is a part of your own story too, you know. Yeah. There were just like there's like group birthing classes that I really was excited about mm-hmm. doing through mm-hmm. there and like the hypnobirthing stuff and just like all of these things that I now can't be a part of that I'm sure they'll keep doing. And I don't know. Well, I'm guaranteeing there's uh, Other stuff resources. around, if not in person online, that you can absolutely access Yeah, these things that you were really looking forward to learning about. Mm-hmm. They still exist. They don't have ownership or not gatekeeping the information Mm -hmm. but it is I do understand that too like it is valid to be like I'm pregnant now and I'm going to this 
amazing place where, you know, all my besties have given birth and they have all of these resources and experiences. And it's like, it's a whole part of your plan that you created and being able to have that yeah, right there in your backyard and really what it I got always, taken away. Yeah. Like I always imagined birthing there. Yeah. So they're idiots. <laughs> yeah. It's really unfortunate. It is. In so many ways and extremely disappointing and fucked up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just had a lot of feelings talking with Seema, yeah. cried multiple times. Yeah. Or got tears in my eyes, but it's just like a very powerful thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And she's incredibly passionate, too, about just how birthing at a hospital you know, the things to look out for and be mindful mm-hmm. of. Like she, you can tell she's so incredibly passionate about protecting birthing people in those situations because of just how the standards are these mm-hmm. days. This is, this is how we birth now in America. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, she definitely wants people to feel empowered in their ability to birth their baby because we've been doing it for centuries Mm -hmm. and knowing when interventions should be considered and knowing you know what you should be taking to help you so it's it's just a really it was a really good conversation I think important for you to hear right now too especially in the limbo space totally and hopefully it just kind of helps you find your fire and and find out how you're going to bring this baby into the world yeah I just got to go. I'm looking into a different birth center um, in Ashland. So, Mm -hmm. and it's in a hospital, but it's with midwives and I've heard good things. So I think it'll all, everything is going to work out. It always does. Mm -hmm. I get in this tizzy (laughs) and I'm like, you know, doing what I do and then it all works out. So yeah, but you have, you have to feel your emotions. That's okay. Mhm. I do hope that the um the state prenatal and or no, postpartum money thing mm-hmm. goes through by September when it's supposed to. Oh yeah. That would be I heard so it important. might not and yeah. like I could really use that. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. So, cuz you know, I need to have 20 grand saved if I don't yet. So. <laughs> yeah. And you have to buy a house. Have that fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, putting that out there too. It's happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. Mm-hmm. Baby knows. Well, we hope you enjoy this beautiful episode with my doula friend Seema. It's very yummy. Very, so good. very good. So amazing. Enjoy. Enjoy. We're just going to start by connecting our energy with three deep grounding breaths. If you are able to and want to join in, feel free to take some breaths with us. So breathing in through the nose and releasing out of the mouth. Breathe in once more. And release. 
This last one, hold at the top, breathe in and hold and release. Mm. Mm -hmm. I just want to call in our higher selves to be here with us today and helping us with bringing forth whatever is meant for our highest good, for all involved, of the highest light, the highest frequencies, and any other ancestors or guides that wish to join us today, surrounding us with love and protection and helping to guide us in this conversation today. Thank you for another opportunity to connect with another soul friend today thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you Mm, that felt good i'm glad i did it (laughs) hi taylor hello (laughs) i'd like to welcome one of my most favorite people in the world to the podcast today Miss Seema. Hi, Seema. Hi, Seema. Hi. So happy to be here. So happy. So grateful that you are here and that um, we get to share this time together (laughs) in such a beautiful way and get to learn more about who you are and share you with our listeners. And yeah, so tell us, who are you? What do you do? Me, I am Seema. Um, I many things but most <laughs> yeah. definitely i am a woman that's for Hell sure yeah <laughs> that pussy is me. power yeah pussy power um first and <laughs> foremost last last as well um mm. i'm a mother i'm a birth worker and i also dabble in skincare um and i'm forever belonging to the forest i'll always Ugh. always belong to the mountains and the forest no matter what um and yeah. that is in a simple sentence, who I am. Yeah. Amazing. So awesome. Um, Yeah, I just have like all the chills listening to that. Total forest mama for sure. Mm. Um, So yeah, on our podcast, we love to just connect with people and kind of hear about their story, who they are, where they came from, and kind of how spirituality has come into play in their lives. Um, you absolutely are one of my witchy sisters and yeah, I just, I want to know more about you and like, you know, where it all started. So go back as far as you desire and share with us who you are. Actually, I want to interrupt. Yeah. (laughs) Since you are a doula, I would love if you could start with your own birth story. If you know anything about how you were born. Girl. So such an open request. Definitely. (laughs) I probably won't share the entire experience, but I can give a quick run through because it's a traumatic one. And it's the reason that brought me to birth work. Um, Mm. I definitely did not have the magical, beautiful birth experience that I had planned and imagined for. Even oh, I was asking if you knew <laughs> your birth story. How you were brought into oh, the world. Oh, me? Yeah. No, unfortunately, I don't know, except for cesarean. I'm a twin. Uh, I have a twin brother. Rest in okay. peace, Dominic. Um, and we were brought into the world by cesarean. And unfortunately, that is all I know okay. um, from that side of things. But okay, I'm actually kind of glad because I was like, oh, I'm not ready to share my birth experience today. <laughs> Sorry okay. for the jumping on the denial. That's right okay. Away, we can, like, 
if you do feel later at the end, we can go into that. But it I figured absolutely is going to touch base. Okay, <laughs> promise if you. If we were going to start from the beginning, yeah. we could like start from the very <laughs> beginning. Girl, girl, gotcha. So literal, literal stuff like that won't. It'll just fly past me sometimes. So I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah. So I know that I was born a twin, um, mm-hmm. and I have a twin brother. As I said quickly there, um, but and I was born cesarean. So that's something that didn't really interest me until I got probably into what fourth or fifth grade when I started learning more about animals and their reproductive and their birth scenarios. Mm. Um, so birth has always been something that I just have always found just really, really, really magical. Mm-hmm. And it just has blown my mind from a little girl that a kitten can be born and then there's 10 other and that there's a maybe there's there's a horse and there's a cow and then there's eggs okay we're doing eggs now okay humans don't do eggs I had to learn that you know so I definitely started nurturing that like passion for birth and reproductive and all of that as a young child um I also grew up uh in Conifer Colorado which is uh just the mountains very plainly Mm. simply put it's a close mountain town to Denver and uh, that definitely being a child in the mountains is always going to be my inner child, if that makes mm. perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I do need to talk to my inner self, especially my younger self, there are special places that I go to that very much live in conifer. Um, so that's definitely rooted into the place of nature and being connected with that energy and wishing I could sleep outside instead of inside of my room, enjoying camping way more than my brother did. You know, there's lots of little things that made me feel like something's different. Um, but one of the big things that happened to me as a younger person, you know, way back as a child is I had a mother that was experiencing like some severe depression, right? Um, and it would leave her in bed, you know, for long bouts of time. And so I felt compelled to take care of my mom, you know, and it was obviously probably set up in a very unhealthy way. But I knew from that age when that started being a process in my life as a child, that it didn't bother me to take care of my mom. You know, of course, I didn't know young and naive that that wasn't healthy, and it wasn't okay to do. But it didn't bother me at all for years and years and years. Um, And that caring compassion that I started finding within myself for my mother spilled into my friendships and spilled into with my relationships with my teachers and my special ed teachers. And I just became a big, huge ball of love throughout Mm. elementary school. And basically I was, I was always introduced like, this is my sweet daughter, Seema. She will take care of you. You know, like these, this Mm. is who I became. So I kind of embodied it in a way that of course years later you see came from a really unhealthy not constructive place but it has over these last couple of decades of my life transformed into a powerful healing experience not just for myself but for a lot of my friends family and clients too Um, so that's kind of where it started for me just being from the mountains taking care of um, a sick mom you know as a child and allowing that love to kind of spill everywhere else in my life for a long, long, long time and to continue so this day. You are um, such a nurturer. <laughs> yeah, mother hen yeah. all day, right? Yeah. And I, I've had lots of phases where I fought it and I was 
I put my foot down and I'm not going to be the mother hen anymore and I won't take care of everybody. Um, but once you realize like, oh, I just need to take care of myself for a while and do what I need to do. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, Preach. no, I very much am a nurturer and I do want to help everybody and I do want to make connections that matter and last forever. Um, mm. So it's just been a really trying but great experience for sure. I'm 32 years old and I feel much older than that some days. <laughs> I think you guys probably get it. <laughs> and a lot of other listeners too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I think that's the best I could do without just rambling more and more on where it all started for me. Cause I just want to jump straight into what's going on and why I'm here and doing it. <laughs> I love um, that you had the opportunity to grow up in the woods and um, I am curious like where the like I feel like when I was a kid when I hang out with my dad he lived kind of in a smaller mountain town and we would just go Mm -hmm. off like in the woods and you know like play witch kind of (laughs) like did you ever do that with any of your siblings like man go make potions in the woods with dirt and herbs it was not (laughs) Dominic's thing you know Dominic did not grow up wanting to do that stuff with me we would play outside all day we would hike the mountain and go walking around and make clubhouses and dig holes under boulders and make hide stashes just like in uh what is that fat camp movie you guys where there's a stump in the woods with candy and stuff in it oh um Gosh, what is that? Heavyweights. I know, right? <laughs> Heavyweights. Yes. yes. Like, we absolutely created that, that stump of a hiding place, for sure. But Don, it was always me alone. <laughs> if mm. I was making something with the earth, the grass, and maybe I went back inside to get some oil or, like, just water from the sink, mm. you know. Because mm-hmm. growing in Conifer, we didn't have a lawn, and we certainly didn't have a hose to drink from. That wasn't, like, mm. <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. up there. Um, it was always something I did alone, you know, um, with so much like hours, hours and hours, there was a particular boulder that just hit my memory on the backside of my property I grew up on. And if you can climb up it and scale the boulder, cause when I was a little girl, it probably felt like eight feet tall, but it's probably mm-hmm. only like five feet tall. Right. It's adults. <laughs> But I remember like scaling up that boulder the first time and it becoming like a very prominent spot in my life for years to come. And that is where I did a lot of my like alone time, Mm. exploring story time, fantasizing. Like usually I had mythical creatures with me. It was either horses or they were some kind of a mythical creature. Um, I read a lot of books growing up. There's a series called Avalon growing up um, with, these little kids that would go into this forbidden forest and they would morph into these cool ass creatures, you know? So I had a lot (laughs) of fantasy, you know, I was into all that fantasy stuff going on and that's what I would do. I would mix stuff up and I'd be healing or I'd be feeding or, Oh no, like my horse is going to have a baby. Um, But this boulder (laughs) is where I would make it. And it was concaved on the top. And when you got to the top of it, it was covered in moss Fuzzy moss, dense moss, and then the little spiky mosses that stick up like yellow, little light green Mm -hmm. spikes. And then there was another little crevice to the left of the face that I would climb up of, and they would just have a natural pool in it all the time from the water, just raining and coming off the trees in the morning. And I would, I mean, I stayed at that boulder for a long time as a little girl, and it eventually transformed into 
where I would go smoke weed, <laughs> where I would <laughs> yeah. go make out with somebody or cry it out. Um, it became a really prominent safe space for me. And it was outside, no matter the weather on that boulder. So sacred. No matter Do what. Yep. Parents still live there? No, no. But when I do go to Conifer, I make sure to drive the extra miles to go up <laughs> and pass my house. It's completely changed since it's been purchased by somebody. Uh, used to have like a wraparound deck, two levels wraparound deck. And now it just has one little patio by the master bedroom. Mm -hmm. And it's just Whoa. the saddest reconstructed thing. So I don't spend a lot of time when I go up there. <laughs> it's crazy. But the boulder is still there. And my Yay. rope swing is still there. <laughs> They're not going to take that thing down. Aww. It's probably 50 feet tall and one of the biggest trees on the property. Amazing. So, rope that. swing was a, was a safe spot too. But that boulder was special. How many siblings Definitely. do you have? Oh, gosh, a lot. I'm one of 10, but I oh. only had one whole sibling, okay. um, and that was Dominic. He's in heaven um, or beyond the universe. A lot of people say heaven. <laughs> I say beyond. I also say mm -hmm. he's still right here next to me. He um, totally is. <laughs> yep, he was my only whole sibling. He's the only one, but How I am one of 10 half siblings. Um, okay. About going on eight years. Uh, so not like as a child or anything. He actually had an accident, just to give you the story. Mm -hmm. He had an accident. Um, I can't remember the exact year on the spot. During my pregnancy. So 2010, oh uh, he had an accident that he was on a porch in Denver. Uh, and the porch was on the second level of this like Victorian house turned into like separate apartments. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the banister gave out and the whole deck fell because apparently well, later we found out pretty quickly that everything was rotted and they hadn't been up to code since 1976. So, um, and it caused oh him God. to fall and break his back. And so that put him in a wheelchair because he was paraplegic mm. and eventually bed sores, unfortunately took is the thing that took him just infection <sighs> and bed sores. So it is oh unfortunately God. the fate for a lot of non able-bodied people. Um, especially when you're stuck with depression and, and just yeah. a 25 year old kid in a chair that you didn't think was going to happen. So mental, mental state has a lot to do with that kind of thing, bed sores yeah. and all that. Oh my God, so, so that's sorry. what happened to him. Oh, that's okay. I've healed a lot from it and he's here all the time. So there might mm -hmm. even be a time during this call. Uh, let me turn my computer for if you guys want to mm -hmm. view later. The Xbox is down here under my table and it will just turn on <laughs> randomly when I'm walking by or if I'm sitting down feeling some sideway on the couch mm. by myself, it'll just turn on and Dominic mm. loved video games. That's literally all he wanted to do. Um, so <laughs> that is something that he does. I even looked into it cause that's something that the Xboxes will do. If you need an update, no updates, there's never an update. It's been doing this for years. So <laughs> we just I always felt him around when I was with you like he just was always with oh, us he loved you and I think I, he yeah. you know sorry Mark but I really think that he just probably <laughs> thinks you're the most beautiful thing you're definitely his type <laughs> sorry Mark get over it <laughs> it's okay no harm done Dom's not okay. like physically can, gonna do I anything have a ghost boyfriend right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> guaranteed he would be all up my ass if he was here on the earth going like I can't believe she's married she's so beautiful <laughs> Oh, all day you. literally thank you. Mm -hmm. oh yeah thank you seriously that's so neat 
And Taylor, um, by all means, please keep asking all the questions because yeah. I well, welcome them all. I just want to reiterate okay. that it's totally fine and I'm loving it. Cool. <laughs> um, let's go back to the 10 siblings and where you fall oh, in, yeah. in that. <laughs> cool. Dominic and I were the youngest. We were the last two of the 10. Uh, so my dad, Walter Souza, also rested peace. He was an old motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was 54 when he signed me and my brother's birth. Birth, uh, what are those things? Certificate. So the United States knows you exist. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> birth certificate. That he's fifty-four was the age listed on his birth on my birth certificate. So That's my old. dad was very old. Yes. So before my mom met him, still active apparently. <laughs> oh, Myrtle, Myrtle, jeez, I'm telling you. First shot with my mom, made twins. All right, guess I got to marry her. Basically, what happened. I don't care how they tell it. I've figured it out over the years and talking to all of my siblings. Okay. How but, old um, your mom? So my, my mom, oh, I gosh, I don't know how old she was. Let me do the math on my phone. Uh, let's see. So today she was 33. So we're on my okay. age. Yeah. So she met my dad when she was bartending at Hearts Bar in Denver, which I think is still there in Inglewood. Um, and he came in to drink beers regularly. This is her story. And she just like, couldn't leave him alone. Cause he was so tall, dark and handsome. Cause he's Portuguese. So he was very mm. dark skinned. Um, and he had salt and pepper hair. And my mom just thought he was just the most handsome man ever. So the rest is history with that. But before mm. my parents had met, my dad had already had two wives. His first wife, he had all his children with and his second wife didn't last long and everyone hated her and he divorced her eventually. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually named after his first wife who passed away from cancer, who was the mother of mm. all of my siblings on his side. And her name was Arasima. It's a Portuguese mm. name. I just go by half of it because people butcher it. <laughs> um, so I just go by half, but I'm named after her. And a lot of people find that super morbid. But over the years growing up oh, and hearing the beautiful. stories about her, I learned that it was beautiful because that woman was the only woman my dad truly loved unconditionally, mm. even over his children. And I've learned that over stories from him and my siblings. So I love my name. I've always loved my name mm -hmm. since I was little, but I love it knowing that that love came from my dad to wanting to name his last daughter that name and then mm -hmm. he was married to some woman named Anne, i think that she didn't last long and everyone hated her and bullied her out they got divorced so but he had jackie june joyce joanne walter jr and craig those are my six brothers from my dad and sisters from my dad and then my mom before meeting my dad and having dominic and i had my two sisters ebony and yana so we became a big old blended family and me and Dominic mm -hmm. were kind of the, the, the whole kids that brought everyone together. Um, so by the time I was existing, I was an aunt and Dominic was an uncle as soon as we existed <laughs> because we already had siblings that had kids mm -hmm. and like a dad was a grandparent, you know, so I had a very strange upbringing <laughs> regarding that. No one in my childhood could understand that that was my father. Even into high school, people were like, that's your dad. 
even now, like that was your dad. He was old. Yeah, dude, he was. <laughs> the last couple of years of his life, I called him Father Time. Come here, Father Time. Let me trim your eyebrows. Nah, they keep the shade out of my eyes. Like he was old. Okay. <laughs> Poor guy was suffering pack a day since he was 12 years old. You know, it's better that he is resting in peace. Seriously. So he was, he was a stubborn Portuguese man that grew up in Boston after he got here. So he was a tough guy. Born in 1935, to give you some perspective. Holy shit. Yeah, holy shit, yeah. right? It's older than my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same age as the, my my daughters, my girls. They're great-grandparents. They're like, their great-grandparents are like maybe a year or two younger than my dad would be right now. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I had a very strange upbringing, which is, I think, <laughs> why a lot of why I grew up quickly and I... Mm-hmm just found that nurturer side of me maybe like I said in an unhealthy way but it is never gonna leave me and that's who I am I'm always gonna mm. take care um and I'm just getting better at taking care of myself the last couple of years you know I'm um so I think we all are I think yeah thank you and and proud of you because you know we met at the beginning of all of this stuff for your mm-hmm. journey and I just yeah we just all have to take our turns and figure it out and go through the storms it's been oh, a ride yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking this morning, you guys, I was like, oh my God, in 20 years, I'm going to be 52. Mm-hmm. 20 years is not that long. Okay. No. Yeah. It's been a ride. So got to so just funny. take a second to, right? Yeah. 20 now years. Now we're all thinking long, about. Y'all. It's how true. We gotta just be in twenty years, <laughs> and then in, in five seconds, you're gonna be like, "Cool, we need to for real live in the moment." And it's just mm-hmm. such a good reminder to be like, "Oh my god, like I might be yeah. a grandma in the next twenty years. Like that's crazy." So yeah, I just that's, it that's doesn't hurt likely. me to think about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah, maybe, that's a maybe good just segue. to a bunch of dogs. I'm down with that. Just oh, having a grandma yeah. to dogs and cats. Fine, fine. Cats. Yeah. cats. How many? Um, children do you have? Um, I have one child from my womb, and that is my son, Zeppelin. Uh, he'll Amazing be 13. Name. Thank mm-hmm. you. One of my favorite bands forever. <laughs> Not after the Flightcraft, okay? Not after the Zeppelin. <laughs> We're talking about the band, Led Zeppelin. You guys wouldn't believe how many people I talk to that are from that era have no idea. And I'm like, really? Okay. And then I have two daughters that are my gift daughters from Drew. We're a blended family, and Allie is 17, going to be a senior, and Ava is going to be a sixth grader. She's 11, so they're my little native gifts. Um, They are Alaskan Inuit. Um, Mm. They are just such gifts. Zeppelin Mm -hmm. is a gift as well, but I always just like to emphasize, like, some step parents don't have that same love for their stepkids, and I, you Mm -hmm. know, I can see and validate some parents not being able to have that. But it's just not possible for me. I love those girls so much. Yeah, they're such good girls. How is it parenting a teenager? Girl. (laughs) It's just so wild. Just Just, to watch her grow. Since I've known you. (laughs) Yeah, just like it's been a... But it's fine. Girl, to be more specific, because that's even like... Well, you know when I was pregnant with Zeppelin... People would be like, oh, do you just know what it is? And I would be like, no, but I do know it's going to be a boy because I do know I cannot have a daughter because do you know who I was growing up? Um, 
And then I met Drew and he had two daughters and it's just been absolute hell, but a blessing at the same time in every sense. So I never had a daughter. I don't think my womb can make vaginas. You know what I'm saying? I have all vagina for me. I don't think I can make vaginas, but you know, we'll see. But who knows what kind of things might happen. But um, it's been crazy, Taylor. Um, Especially when you know that your daughter that you're seeing and you're helping growing up who isn't from your body has been through a lot of trauma. Um, Mm. It's even harder because of abandonment Mm -hmm. and all of the other things that come with. They don't have their mom's not in their life. Just FYI. Okay. Like, yeah, that I was going to ask. If has never been. Time. I've been here eight years in this blended family and this mom's not. I think she picked him up to take him to sushi once. Like King Super Damn. Sushi. And or maybe an Olive Garden trip another time. And that's it. Like two times is all I can remember. She never came around. So. She's just uh, hanging out somewhere. Yeah, uh, well, she she's got her own whole new life. That's a whole other thing. Oh. She's you know another daughter. Whoa, some dude. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for yeah. my kids to know that stuff. But with technology these mm-hmm. days, no secrets are safe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I can't even wrap my mind around that. And my it's been crazy. Not even here yet. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's been crazy. Well, and, like it's what the break. technology is going to be like in fifteen years. Oh, I'm just like, is the world going to be driven by AI robots? Like, are we I'm gonna so friendly live? to my AI these days. I'm like, I ain't going to be scared. I'm like, good morning, Siri. I love you. Hi. <laughs> Blessings. I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> Trust and love right here. I know I can't make for soup or anything, but I'm here if you want to talk. I don't know. I feel you. It's been a ride, Taylor. Um, technology's been crazy, all that stuff. But I will say plain and simply that no matter what, your kid will find a way to do what they want to do. Um, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of connecting with them and, uh, and the timing, getting the timing close to right, because getting it right is just like not a thing I'm figuring out. But if you can connect with them soon around when they make those decisions and find trust and honesty to get that conversation going, that's the only thing that keeps me going is that constant working and desire to like have her trust me and not have Mm -hmm. her scared of me and not have her avoiding really really big questions or curiosities and figuring out on her own when she could come to me before she's gonna figure it out on her own anyway (laughs) um so that's been a blessing this year specifically as a teen for sure um, and then taking care of the preteens with a teenager, you're just like yeah. even more scared because you're like, don't do what she's doing. But then you're like, don't <laughs> make them feel like they should be ashamed of their sister um, and that it's like she's making human decisions. But I'm like, don't do that. Oh. But like, <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. I think it's that crazy. was my mom's parenting style. So mindful. She's like putting, watch your sister and then put the fear in her. Like, look at how <laughs> fucked up she is. Don't do that. Don't do sister. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to love her. Like there's just this balance they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Parents really just doing the best they can. You know, like I have a strange relationship with my mother, which very much influences positively on my parenting and my little blended family and how I teach them to create their own morals for when they become young adults and adults because you don't want to control it you don't want to you know they might turn into me no matter what they do just like I'm for real turning (laughs) into my mom no matter what I do in certain ways there's just things that I can't get away from I like to sit in my room and drink Pepsi and watch TV that's exactly what my mom did (laughs) like shoot (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't deny it. I like to do that too. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's been really rewarding, but uh, it's a challenge. And I advise always as someone coming into the world as a mom to like le- not listen to anybody and their mm-hmm. advice mm-hmm. on how to raise your child until they are at least two years old and you're facing situations that you don't know how to emotionally keep yourself together. Like your child might be biting you so hard they're breaking skin and you don't know why and you think they hate you and you're going to explode. Then th- that's when you call on friends and, and get some advice. But until then, don't listen to anybody. Unless you are scared and you need help and you really don't know what to do, mm-hmm. go with your gut and do what feels right and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Because truly as a okay. parent, two people out that I want to be good parents, if they're going to be, that's the biggest thing I think about every day is like, how can I balance what I'm saying and doing and teaching them so that they can carry this as a lesson and not like a forced moral. This is what we mm. do in this family. We don't mm-hmm. leave unrinsed dishes in this family. No, I want you to learn how to rinse your dish so that when you like live, grow up and are living on your own, you are not overwhelmed by doing your own dishes, bud. I just want you to know that it does happen and it's normal and I'll help you in, if that does happen as a young adult. But like, if we get on this habit now, like you will thank me later because you won't feel overwhelmed by your, your dishes like I do. Might you not know? stick. Yeah, you know, might <laughs> not stick, stick but we try whatever we could, you know. Uh-huh. It stuck for me, but it didn't until I had kids not rinsing their dishes. So <laughs> it's like I thought about it every time growing up before having them, you know, make the dishes more. And as they started making dishes, like getting snacks on their own and it happening. And I'm like, okay, hey, we're rinsing. Now we're done. Now we're going to rinse. We're going to rinse our dishes now. We're gonna rinse our- <laughs> I'm going rinse- to rinse my dish. You guys better rinse your dish. <laughs> so. That might be the most scared I am about parenthood. <laughs> Dude, and if you I are scared, dishes. you're not alone. You're fucking not alone. Yeah, I'm telling you. And that's okay to be scared of that because I'm telling yeah. you, dishes and laundry are my vein of my existence. And it's okay. Yeah. We can just pitch <laughs> They're together. They're never ending. Don't be scared. Yeah. Yeah. You just lean on your moms and complain about it. Your mom yeah, friends. That's right. <laughs> Because everyone's going through it. Mm-hmm. Hell, I mm-hmm. just have a husband and I'm going through it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was just going to add, like, it doesn't even have to be mom friends. Like, whoever you <laughs> yeah. know, because they'll probably relate in whatever way they can. I'll bitch about dishes happily. <laughs> All day, right? I've seen the dishes that have piled up in your house from Mark. So, you oh, know, yeah. we can bitch yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Love him. Like, yeah. So how long ago did you start your doula journey? I have always been passionate about birth. I've known a lot about birth. Um, I guess when I was like 19 is when I really started thinking about doing anything to do with birth. And then flash forward like over the next like five to six years, and I had got the opportunity to support a couple of friends and their their pregnancies and their birth. I just didn't get to be in the delivery room with them because I didn't know that I was allowed to Um, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know that a doula was a thing. I didn't know that what I was doing is an actual career. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So when they got to the hospital to go deliver their baby, I was just out in the waiting area. So I had no idea that I was allowed to be part of that because I didn't know that this was actually part of it. And this is centuries and thousands of years old of women Mm -hmm. supporting women. Okay. I didn't realize that connection. And then the pandemic happened and I had an epiphany Mm -hmm. because so many people couldn't bring their partners with them to the hospital. So many people couldn't go to the classes that they wanted to go to because there's no in-person. And back 
before the pandemic, there was no affordable, let alone free or accessible, easily to find on Google, an online birth education course that wasn't just basically a slideshow of a textbook with some Mm -hmm. person reading all these jargon terms that nobody's explaining in a layman's way. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, Amber, (laughs) I am going to support babies being born. And Amber was the (laughs) first person that I told. Um, Mm. She was the first person that I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And she cried, welled up with tears. And she's like, you would do so good. And I'll (laughs) never forget you squeaking out the validation and praise because I was so about it. So I went full into it and I went and I got certified through Donna International, which I wish I had done more research and did it through a different place, but it's fine. Um, Why do your research? Do your research. Um, What is it? Let's just say that during the pandemic is when everything blew up for Donna and there was a lot of stuff happening for Donna International before that, but it was like being brushed off as crunchy hippie moms um, being ungrateful, right? Mm. Um, But then after the pandemic happened and people remembered that Black Lives Mattered, (laughs) because they always have (laughs) weird, just forgot for a while, and needed Mm. something to do. So everyone jumped on the Black Lives Matter thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so everybody started nitpicking and really finding out that these complaints were really like these doulas were not treating white laboring moms the same as black laboring moms brown laboring mom classic yeah and even black doulas not treating the white laboring mom the same as the black laboring mom and that's racism to their own race and it was it was being documented and instead of being wiped off people were actually pounding on Donna to actually do something about these complaints these formally filed complaints about doulas not treating moms correctly (laughs) And then, of course, came the topic of like, oh, yeah, for the last whatever years, because Donna International is the leading in the entire world. They've been around for, Mm. I think, since the 70s or 80s. Um, All of their educational tools is white people only. And they never, Mm. ever talked about the diversity of body temperature, preeclampsia, liver and kidney enzyme levels. Uh, Like, they are not the same between white and black. So if mom's enzyme levels on something are this high as a white person and they're the exact same for the black person, actually the black person's in danger and you should probably take care of them, but mm. they're not teaching that side of things, right? Because Don mm-hmm. are not medical and we shouldn't know mm. anything. So there's a lot about how they teach doulas um, that I just completely disagree with when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys, it sounds like y'all agree. Um, yeah. So just do your research, you know. Um, is there another company that you there's do a lot of there's a lot of companies. I definitely can put together in like a link for you guys, like an email yeah. with some links because cool. there's That'd more be than great. one or two. And yeah. they're just little. They're like black owned, women owned, trans owned. There's a few that I can definitely put together for you guys. Um, Great. And then we'll share that with our listeners in case anyone's looking for a doula or wanting to become a doula. Wanting um, to become a doula. That's 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 really because as someone looking for a doula, that's going to be so much easier. But someone trying to be a doula, like if you really give a crap about stuff. Girl. You know. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's and important. I mean, even though you were trained through there, you then also went off book to like learn more so that you could help support sure did. all those others who also need help too. Yes, I did. I went and got, um, so I was already well aware of like what a rebozo is and it's a traditional <laughs> Mexican rebozo. And that became a really big thing during the pandemic too. And a lot What's of doulas. So that's a, tra- a traditional Mexican rebozo is basically in layman's terms to not get too culturally in depth. It's basically a large sh- uh, scarf, right? Um, that's used uh, not only as a tool for helping with pre- pre-labor, during labor and postpartum, um, but it's also used as a, um, like as a vessel of energy and transferring and safety. So it's not just a physical tool, but it's an energetic and spiritual tool for the Mexican, mm-hmm. traditional Mexican people and their culture. Um, but it's something that is used in birth. And that's something that I've wanted to do without offending anybody because I loved Mm -hmm. using the rebozo during labor, especially. And, uh, so I went and got certified, um, really expensive certification because I wanted to do it through somebody that was actually native and actually Mm -hmm. been doing it. So I did the online course and it cost me almost $600, but I don't regret it because it was supporting her and her life and her family and her ability to continue to make and sell rebozos and teach about Mm -hmm. them and give certifications. So no problems here. Um, there's just some examples of of using the rebozo during labor. Um, without physically showing you guys, it might be a little tough. Um, so like you can get a lot of like lower back pain and stiffness during pregnancy and definitely during labor, especially if your baby's not in the right position as they're coming down, you get a lot of lower back pain. Um, so if you take the rebozo and, uh, hammock it around the front of your belly on like below your belly on your pubic, pubic, pubic area. And then around nice and flat and wide around your belly to the, your side, and then tying it as tight as you can stand over your hips. It's going to give you ligament support. It's going to help with that lower back pain because it's creating space inside for your baby to move a little bit and hopefully get into better position. So that I is I've seen that. one Were verbalized. Ex- <laughs> one yeah, verbalized. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they'll stick like a spoon in there or something to kind of tighten it. Um, I've seen people do that. I've never felt like I needed to tighten something that tight unless it's Mm -hmm. postpartum and you're doing, uh, you know, you're wrapping up mom postpartum to help with bones Mm. going back together. Oh, which binding is a whole other cultural thing. That's a, yeah. What is your opinion on that? (laughs) Absolutely do it all day, every day and Mm -hmm. do it the traditional ancestral way. Like don't go on Amazon and buy the weird nude colored Velcro belt stuff. Like, just go and get some or look online for someone that knows how to do it locally and they just come to your mm-hmm. house while you lay there and nurse your baby and you just get tied up cool with a little hug it feels good plus if you do it with someone that's doing it the ancestral way it's actually very relaxing and it makes you feel very grounded and loved and taken care of and yeah, it feels very sacred yeah there's it. a lot exactly. of intention it's not just someone coming in like a you know a chiropractor and being like okay let's get your rick fixed back up rick, rick, rick. like it's yeah. very <laughs> spiritual it's not you know it's not something you're going to breeze through it takes time and so if you do find somebody to do it the traditional or ancestral way to do binding. It's really good. It's not only good for your bones too, Taylor, it's good for your in your guts because everything moves mm-hmm. around so much. And now all of a sudden there's a baby and it's missing and there's a plate size wound in your 
body. And mm-hmm. now we have to settle back into your body and having that binding assists your insides to literally, quite literally come back to where they were close to. <laughs> it's pretty important. A lot of people don't ever feel right inside afterwards. They say, I just feel loose. Like, I don't know, saggy inside though. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. your, your gut is not as tight as it used to be. And you do need to put your gut back where it was. It doesn't matter if someone's overweight or ideal weight or skinny, your gut still needs help. So mm-hmm. that's something I always, and, and for listeners, you know, if you are overweight or you think you're obese, like who fucking cares? You still deserve that care and someone mm-hmm. will bind you. Okay. It's mm-hmm. possible. Don't, don't feel like you can't get that done. Cause you should a hundred percent. Well, I think I should have asked you before, like, what is a doula? Mm. Like, let's just break it down to the very basics. You said you're not in the medical field. Like, what do you Yeah, I'll tell you what a doula is. And basically, in the basic terms is a doula is a non-medical support person that is there to support you emotionally and physically to prepare for your labor and during your labor. And hopefully you have a postpartum doula too, who can help you during those early days of postpartum, all Mm -hmm. non-medical. So what that looks like before the baby comes is a lot of birth education, a lot of check-ins, a lot of offering to make comforting foods um, for prenatals, Mm -hmm. offering comforting touch, whether it's massage or just doing a little oil and hand massage or doing a belly facial because I'm an esthetician, I do offer other things, but a lot of people have their own thing. There's a lot of Reiki healer doulas. So they just automatically know that when they go to their client, we're going to do some healing and grounding and figure out what's tangled and what we need to do to prepare for labor. It's a very different energy work than it is that let's say Amber is doing energy work for someone that's getting ready to have a baby versus doing energy work for someone that's going to support that person having the baby. Very different. Mm-hmm. she's going to feel it different. She's going to see it, smell it different. And you are going to need that very different care too. So like mm-hmm. you can bring a lot of things to the tables, but in general, it's birth education. So they know what the heck they're getting into, right? If they're having a hospital birth, it is a lot of education on how to protect themselves. In my case, that's what I do. Um, if someone's mm-hmm. having a hospital baby, we do a lot of education on what medical cohortion sounds like. Um, how to be advocate for yourself. Uh, we use an acronym called BRAIN, and the, each one has a step for it. Like if someone says, I think it's time that you take a shot of fentanyl and take the edge off, you go through the steps and decide if it's good for you or not. And if it's not, no matter what they say, you get to say no, and you have the right to your body, to your anatomy. Um, and if mom's so at a certain place in her labor that she cannot speak, cause you will get to that place where you don't give a shit who says what you'll just say, I don't care. Yes. Um, that's when dad will be, it's important. He's there too. If there is a dad or mom there, you know, they have partner has to learn about it because if mom or dad laboring person can't say anything cause they're in active labor and they're contracting back to back. Dad's got to be the one to stand up for her and say, I know for a fact that my my partner doesn't want fentanyl. They don't want the fentanyl. If there's another option, we have a safe word and we appreciate you not bringing it up again. Set the boundary. <laughs> um, so like there's a lot of that's what I focus on. And then, of course, general medical information that they need to know. What medicines are they going to bring me or offer me in the hospital environment? What are they used for and why would they need them? When mm-hmm. is it medically necessary for via textbooks? Um, and when is it 
emotionally necessary maybe to get the epidural because those are very different things um and then it's it looks very different if you're doing a home or birth center birth um birth center births I always and home births I always touch base on the medical stuff hospital environment stuff because there's always a chance of transfer if something is going a little hairy we need to get to the hospital um so you know we always touch base on that but when we do when I do a home birth or a birth center it's a lot more as it's allowed to be sacred and spiritual and flowy and exciting mm-hmm. and emotional and preparing emotionally and mentally not just your home and your materialistic things but yourself your soul um your friendships that are going to change your relationships with people that are going to change whether you want them Mm -hmm. to or not so there's a lot of preparation not just education but preparation when it comes to big life changes that people just don't think about i always include that stuff including sex after baby it's a big chapter for me too no matter what um, masturbation after baby, pelvic floor health. Um, and then, you know, we get into the labor and I'm there to physically support you massage. We do the rebozo if you want. Some moms don't even want me to be there, like touch them. They have partners doing the, all the touching and supporting. And I'm just there to make sure everything's going right. And I'm a fly on the wall. That's an ideal situation for a doula being a fly on the wall that doesn't need to do a lot of work because they have prepared their clients so much. They got it. That's ideal. Um, but if not, then you're there always for partner and for, for mom, no matter what. So I've been in Our... situations where partners there, but I really wished they weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot better if they weren't. Not not my place to say, but that's nice that I was there. Get if out I of wasn't here. there, I don't know what would have happened. So, you know, it's just one of those things. And then, of course, yeah. postpartum help. There's postpartum doula step two. So that's cleaning. That's helping mom find the resources she needs. Unless you are IBLC, like breast breastfeeding certified, all those fancy things, you are not allowed <laughs> to be telling your mom like what to do if she's got mastitis. You can get yourself into a lot of legal issues and mom might hold you accountable mm-hmm. if an infection sets in and something worse happens. Mm-hmm. But you are there to make sure she has the resources. Oh, you're, you're experiencing mastitis. Well, here's some tips that I know you could try in the meantime. And here are some resources that you need to do. I will check on you tomorrow to see if you called them. So you're there for accountability to make sure they're taking care of themselves in the way that you're really not allowed to. They have to make that decision Mm -hmm. on their own. Mm -hmm. So you guide them in that way. Um, and then of course, um, Sometimes postpartum care looks like sitting in bed with mom for the five hours I'm scheduled and just talking with her. That wasn't the plan, but I'm glad you sat in bed with me all day. Me too. That's what you needed. It is what it is. You know, postpartum care looks different for everybody, but support in whatever way is needed in that moment is basically the core goal as postpartum. Always. And of course, making sure she's aware of postpartum depression and anxiety and telling Mm -hmm. her very openly and quickly and safely that she's experiencing those symptoms and you are worried and here are some resources, please call them. I'll check on you in the Mm -hmm. next week. Mm -hmm. How long after birth and like during postpartum are you a part of that journey? It's up to the parents. Um, Like, are you coming in like weeks after? It's really up to the parents. Some people want help. Um, from me, some people already have a different postpartum doula set up because they want to keep it separate because the experiences are, they're different for them. Um, some people don't get a 
postpartum doula at all. And they just have family or friends come and help them if they are okay with those boundaries being crossed, if they're okay with sharing their newborn infant for the first five to 40 days. Um, I always, you know, recommend having a more private entrance to the world as as a new mother and uh, for your baby, but it's always up to the parents, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Some parents don't call me until the baby's three or four months old. And they are going through a sleep regression and they need a night out and they're wondering if I can come mm-hmm. spend the night with the baby. No problem. Overnights are a little more, mm-hmm. but I'm coming over. Y'all have fun. No problems That's here. So Crying babies what don't bother me. Um, it really, it it's something that I have, I have a postpartum client that I think I'll always have a special connection with. And even though we haven't talked for almost a year now, like I feel her all the time and mm. I know that she's connecting with me and, you know, there's something, there's some stuff like that. And then there's some clients that once postpartum hits that baby's born, there is no contact. I can't feel nobody. I'm not dreaming about nobody. Like (laughs) they're done with having the doula. They're done. They got their baby. They're over it. No problem. Have a good life. Mm -hmm. Call me if you need me. (laughs) I'm saying. So um, honestly, it's totally up to the to the person. I I like to make sure and present postpartum care as flexible as possible because it stresses people out when they think about Mm -hmm. it. And it really is not that hard. Who do you want seeing you with potentially cracked, blistering nipples and blood dripping down your leg and you're screaming and crying because you are in pain, but your baby won't stop crying and your boobs hurt? Who are you okay with being there when that happens? If it's mm-hmm. just your partner, then we got to figure something out and we're going to talk about what that emotional or blockage is that's keeping you from getting the support you need. Oh, it's not an emotional blockage. It's finances. Cool. What do you, do you cook? What do you do for a living? Can we trade? You can find support even if you don't have money. Trading goods and services is something that is old, as old as the wives' tales that anyone could ever find, right? We trade for goods and services. I still very much like to offer trades for people that financially cannot afford to get the help they need. Mm-hmm. A lot of doulas don't do yeah. that. A lot of I'm doulas don't do that. I'm hoping to trade with my doula, actually. Yeah. She, I have, she's not my doula yet, but this girl booked <laughs> with me that I'm really interested, like booked a haircut with me that I'm really interested in working with, so... Perfect. Like we can help Do not be scared to bring that conversation up sooner than later. Yeah. (laughs) Because if you, and I just say, you know, just out of respect, just say, you know, if this is something you financially can't commit to because it's the money side that you really need, I totally get it. Just let me know. And I'll back off. Well, my it. services are expensive, so I feel totally. like it's a good. But uh, as someone with three kids and a lot of bills, there's a lot of people that I've had to turn down because at that time I just can't afford to do a trade mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So just respect that if she can't for whatever reason it is. Because yeah. it makes us feel horrible when we're like, cool, I'd love to help you, but I just really, 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 really can't because um, mm-hmm. I already can't pay the phone bill this month. So mm-hmm. uh, my phone bill or my teenage daughter's phone bill. Hmm. You know. <laughs> It's one of those things. So just like have a backup plan. Don't have your heart set on one doula. You need to do research on other ones too, Tay. Taylor, mm-hmm. sorry. I just go into nicknames. That's okay. what I do. Sorry, babe. Love it. Um, but seriously, <laughs> just do some homework. If you are overwhelmed yeah. and finding doulas in your area, hit me up. Um, no problem. I will jump on Facebook like a little animal and be like, hey, I'm in Colorado, but I have a friend and this is where she's at and this is what she needs. Boom. <laughs> Find you a doula. I do feel lucky we'll figure it out. <laughs> a ton of resources here Good. for 
Awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend an agency um, for my own personal reasons, but some people totally highly recommend it and loved it. And they use it every time they have a baby. Um, As long as you don't care about being positive, you're going to know the doula that shows up when your baby's being born. Mm. Because that's Mm -hmm. the problem with an agency is they are stuck to it's either 14 hours or 20 hours, depending on the agency. And then you got to send in another doula, no matter what. No, it's in their contract. Oh, no. So that's I no fun. I would like to like make a connection with someone and have a soul I, sister I, forever. Yeah, I have well, a couple yeah. of those too. Yeah, <laughs> then I know a couple people that are doulas, and I don't even necessarily feel comfortable with them being that yeah. person, just because yes. I already know them in a different way, and it just feels too vulnerable. So I kind of want good whatever relationship I start to be like as that relationship it is so so sacred and you see that so that's oh i'm so proud of you for being aware of that Mm. and not just going with a friend and i love familiar other people but you do yeah no no ill name yeah no ill words (laughs) exactly there are some friends that you're okay with them pinching a turd off your butt as you're pushing your baby like everybody you're not cool with all your friends doing that to you you know yeah is what it is (laughs) you might not be okay with knowing that you're gonna look up and there your vomit is right there in your doula's hair how the fuck did that (laughs) get there when did i puke on you doesn't matter girl you're doing great like (laughs) it doesn't matter like that's that's what you want to think about postpartum and during birth (laughs) how many births have you assisted do you know since 2020 i'm coming up on i think it's 13 births now which is not that many amazing um, That's great. And then I it's did, like I said, the two kind births of before then that were just not full. I don't really count them because I didn't go in when it mattered, you know, because mm-hmm. I just didn't know. But I did do a couple of births before the whole certification and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, and then I've also assisted. That means because sometimes doulas will have a backup doula. So if they've been with mm-hmm. their client for 36 hours and they really are losing their mind and they might say something they shouldn't because they haven't slept in 28 hours. And uh Mm-hmm. You got to call someone in because you got to take care of yourself as a doula. Um, so I have supported, I would say, I would say I've supported three half births because I didn't actually <laughs> do all the work, but I did help at the end when doula was way too tired to do the end stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then also know Taylor that traditionally a doula will stay with you for up to, it's up to them really. Um, but most doulas are not going to leave you as soon as your baby's born. Like most mm-hmm. of them are going to stay there for the first two hours that you're a new mom mm-hmm. and they're going to help you see if baby's got interest to do a breast crawl or if baby's just interested in, in doing a latch um, and helping those basic cues and remember, hey, mom, remember when we talked about them sticking their hand on their mouth or remember when they start doing this with their mouth, they're looking for your nipple, help them out. Remember we talked about them smelling that oil around your areola. It's the same thing. It smells just like their, their amniotic fluid. Did you know that? No, you didn't, Mm. but you're going to remember that because we'll remind you, Hey, remember they're smelling that amniotic fluid. They're smelling that oil that smells like that on your boob. Look, Hmm. they're going to help them out. You know what I mean? I know you're tired, mama. You want me to hold your arm? I got baby. You move your boob. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) usually in a hospital environment, they're going to have Um, someone come in and help you after the golden hour, which is usually one hour of undisturbed skin to skin in a hospital environment. Mm -hmm. And then they'll come in and help you latch. If you're in a birth center, they're going to help you latch as soon as the baby shows interest. 
because that's really what you should do. Um, mm -hmm. Some babies are born and ready to latch and some babies are not. And that's why we are okay with just doing an hour or so of just hanging out. Um, mm -hmm. And and also if you have a doula that's going to do anything with your placenta for you. Um, so they're not yeah. going to leave either because they're going to need to take that with them if you're separating mm -hmm. or if you're doing a lotus birth, they need to prepare the lotus birth as soon as possible. Some What's hospitals that? do not allow that. So you have to make sure a lotus birth is, um, it's comes from a few different corners of the world as far as cultural comes from, but it, in layman's terms, it's basically a slow and natural way of detaching from your baby and your placenta. So you, it's a sacred, it's a sacred ceremony, or it can just be for the health benefits. I've had a couple of clients mm -hmm. that just wanted the health benefit, potential health benefits of the, of the placenta afterwards for encapsulation. And then I've had one particular client that was very sacred and we did a ritual and it was a whole thing. So it depends on your client. Sometimes you're a witchy mm -hmm. girl and sometimes you're not for them. It just depends. <laughs> so lotus birth for me will always be looked at as sacred and as a ritual. Um, and it's, you want to, it's, you pick out what are herbs you, you would like to benefit from. So I always recommend like lemon balm and, and lavender and just some nice grounding postpartum stuff. Right. Um, and then you get lots and lots and lots of rock salt, Himalayan pink salt, something of that sort. And you basically encase the placenta with this herbal salt blend. Mm. Um, and there is a ritual that goes with it. And if you're in a hospital environment, it's mostly just um, energy that you're feeling in that sac that sacredness and some really great words if you can do one at home because it's a home birth it's can be a lot more sacred and we could do candle burning and incense and sage smudging like it, it's a whole thing and it really should be if it can be um, but at the very least it's you're basically just going to bless this placenta thank it and give it gratitude for nourishing your baby and cleansing all the toxic crap from your body so your baby wouldn't get it uh you know it's it's there's a bunch of things happening here but gratitude for that organ that you just grew because you just grew an organ mm -hmm. just to get rid of it <laughs> for this child you got to give gratitude back to it you know and give thanks that nothing happened during your separation of your placenta you and your placenta separating during childbirth that everything went smooth and beautiful you know if we have a if we have a lotus birth planned and your placenta didn't come out whole we can't do it anymore you know what i mean the placenta didn't make it it's not going to be safe to um try to keep attached to baby's umbilical cord because your baby mm -hmm. stays attached to the placenta until it comes off or until you get so irritated with that rock hard stick umbilical cord poking you every time you pick your baby up because it's kind of annoying <laughs> um but i have a friend here in colorado that makes little sacks that you can put your placenta in once it's encased and so it's easier to carry around but the hardening of the of the umbilical cord can get irritating after day two or three <laughs> and you might want to just take some kitchen scissors and sever it and that's okay too say a little prayer a little blessing cut it <laughs> <laughs> the soul knows the soul knows Mm -hmm. um, how long does it usually stay attached um, if someone lets it stay attached it's usually like between day 3 and 5 um, at the long side of things and if they stay attached and it's the short side of things it can be as, as fast as 24 hours it just depends on the mm -hmm. umbilical cord mm -hmm. and some, some would say that depends on baby and mom's connection to that placenta and baby being attached to that amazing organ that kept it safe you know um what do you do with the placenta after it's been disconnected then in that case yeah so in that case 
they that's up to the parents. I don't do any of that. I'm not I'm not encapsulation. I I don't prepare mm-hmm. any of that. Um, I that's not something I do, and I'm not really would it be in safe doing. for encapsulation? <laughs> yeah, after it's absolutely. Been like in a sack for a few days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so the salt kind of helps. The to salt you, it. basically yeah. turns into a giant like placenta jerky. Mm-hmm. The salt makes it cured. Just curing it, mm-hmm. curing it. So, so then at that people... point, you either send it out to get processed mm-hmm. and encapsulated, or you um, check the steps very carefully on how to do it yourself as long as there's no mm-hmm. bacterial growth. Because once you take off that shell of one or more inch shell of salt and herbs, uh, you got to make sure that you don't have any bacteria happening or else if you mm-hmm. eat that encapsulated or prepared or raw, you're going to get sick. Um, yeah. So you want to be careful. If you have group B strep or any STIs or anything like that, you don't want to keep your placenta to eat it or consume mm-hmm. it. However, mm-hmm. if you want to keep it to do something sacred with or plant or add to your compost to make really rich soil for a ceremony, that is an awesome one. Um, placenta is mm-hmm. cut up into a bunch of chunks. It's really great for compost. <laughs> really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so for yeah. some people that might not know what why would someone encapsulate or consume their placenta health mm-hmm. benefits um anemia so if you're anemic and your placenta is you know of course like i said you didn't have any hypertension you didn't have anything that might be making anything within your placenta dangerous for you because if you have high blood mm-hmm. pressure preeclampsia any of that the biomes in the placenta are not going to be the same mm-hmm. um And even then, there are special companies you can pay to pick up your placenta fresh, and they will test it to make sure it's safe to consume, Mm. um, which I always recommend. That is, I love science when it comes to that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's for the health benefits. A lot of iron, mostly. It's like if you're anemic or you're anemic during your pregnancy or diabetic, like you want to consider encapsulating for the health benefits. Um, And other than that, there's a lot of people that claim that they felt significantly better after consuming their placenta either raw cooked or encapsulated and then there's mm-hmm. many women that are like i didn't feel any different like i don't what even think i want to keep taking it that's when you take it postpartum yeah mm-hmm. so no uh, like i've heard that it's good for postpartum depression yeah it, it can be too. um however i'm not like I don't like to ever recommend something like that as a fix because postpartum depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And that's, there's nothing you can take uh, uh, that can avoid that. It mm-hmm. might help with avoiding that, but if your life circumstances are the same, despite just having that placenta that's causing things to be stressful, then it's not going to help. Mm-hmm. You're still at risk of getting depression, anxiety, or psychosis. So it's, I don't like to, present the placenta thing as something that could help keep it away because it I would say it helps but not enough to to give someone confidence that it can't happen to them yeah that's Um, smart and I did suffer from postpartum psychosis Mm -hmm. and and depression not anxiety um anxiety came later in my late 20s (laughs) Mm -hmm. but can you explain what that like to someone that doesn't know like what is postpartum depression what like causes mm. it and how to tell well if causes is something that, that even the top scientists in, in the united states and around the globe don't know why like why does mm. depression happen postpartum or in a regular man you know it doesn't mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's always going to be based on a chemical imbalance right mm-hmm. and you need at least 24 months for your body to get back to its pre baby mm-hmm. chemical levels 
And if something messes up that timeline or you get pregnant again, or the breastfeeding can affect it, like that sometimes it's just about those hormones and how they fluctuate and how much support you get. Mm-hmm. Support is the big one. Um, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to describe what it sounds or looks like because it's different for everybody. Um, some people yeah. are really extreme and they have really bad psychotic issues with uh, intrusive thoughts. And they're like, mm-hmm. that knife is going to fly across the room and hit my baby in the eye. Like somehow my baby's going to get hit by that knife that's in the mm-hmm. around the corner. And they are very real scared of that, even though it's completely mm-hmm. irrational hearing it out loud, right? And then mm-hmm. some people don't get the anxiety side of it. And they are just not feeling themselves um, for long, long periods of time. They're stuffing their feelings. They're not necessarily crying, but they just feel very disconnected from baby, very disconnected from themselves, very disconnected Mm -hmm. from partner. They don't want to, they have a lot of resentment all of a sudden towards their partner and they don't really know why partner's not doing anything wrong. Why am I so mad at them all the time? Postpartum depression, anxiety, and psychosis can look like so different for everybody. And that's why it's such a dangerous situation. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was even having postpartum depression or any of that until it turned into psychosis. And I have Mm -hmm. two years of Zeppelin's childhood that I just don't remember. Mm -hmm. I just don't remember except for the pain that I was in emotionally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the bad decisions that I made at every turn that I could possibly think Um, you know, and it wasn't something like, Oh, I went and did heroin. Like it wasn't like an extreme decision, but I know it was bad because, Hey, maybe I should have been working at that time instead of just sitting on my ass for three weeks in a row in my room, listening to music and thinking I was just doing a good job being a mom. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see that that was really not an okay place for me to be in, but why am I not doing that? What I need to be doing as a mom, Hmm. probably Mm because I need to be taken care of and supported, um, for a long, long, long time. So how would somebody like what do you do in that situation? You what are help. the resources? Yeah. Like and it who changes would you reach per state, it changes per county, and it changes okay. per country <laughs> what the resources are. Um I have a list of stuff here in Denver in the Colorado area. I have stuff for Jefferson County in Colorado, Denver County, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, but I have nothing mm-hmm. for anyone else. Um it's mm-hmm. very specific to where you live as far as resources go. But at the very least, no matter where you are in the world, if you're feeling that, you need to get help. No, I don't mean to go check yourself into, you can Google. Sure. Even if it means calling your friend and saying, I need help and I don't know where to find it. And I need someone that knows what they're talking about. And I don't want you to be offended because it's not you I need, but I need you to help me find whatever it is I need. Mm -hmm. I need help. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that made me so emotional. I just started getting emotional because that's what I had to do Mm -hmm. when I finally realized what I'd been doing. I had to change course overnight. I had an epiphany and I moved out from taking care of my brother paraplegic brother Mm -hmm. I moved in with my at the time where basically felt like parents for me this this couple that I lived Mm -hmm. with and I just clung to all the help I can get for years I needed years of help because I had no help for almost two years Mm -hmm. and I didn't stop to get help until I was in psychosis and I wanted to die and I didn't give a shit Mm -hmm. if my son was motherless I didn't want to be there anymore and that's dangerous. So mm-hmm. therapy is very helpful. Sometimes that's all a mom needs too, Taylor. Sometimes you just need a good, 
fucking therapy session two or three times in a row and then you feel better and it's Mm -hmm. temporary and it goes away and sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to stay in therapy until your baby's about a year and a half and that's okay like I've been in therapy I can't even tell you (laughs) (laughs) and I will never not be in therapy So good. Yeah, there's. It's important to feel safe and supported as a parent um, and as an individual mother because you will you might struggle to see who you are other than a mother, and it'll mm-hmm. take it might take you time to be like, oh, I'm still who I am, but I'm just a mom now. What does that mean mm-hmm. for me? And something like that yeah. can sometimes really change someone's psychosis when they can't figure it out. I'm going to tell you right now, girl. It is not the time to be figuring out who you are because you are a new mom. You're you're figuring out who your child is and what their personality might be. You might be figuring out that you really hate breastfeeding and it feels wrong to you because your boobs are sexual for you. And that's fucking cool. Who cares? Formula feed. Mm-hmm. Do not let anyone make you feel different because how mm-hmm. you feel about your body being used, even if it's by your own child, is really important. Like, mm-hmm. I can go on for hours, like hours of situations in a new mom, like what they might go through. Like, I can mm-hmm. just, I know what you might go through without you going through it yet. And, you know, the very least, hey, if you need help with anything, you can always hit me up permission given Thank to give you. my contact info <laughs> at any time seriously it's don't everyone to be alone in this process from start to finish you know and you're never I really finished. love you're never you <laughs> you're so careful and thoughtful like not even not even careful you're just thoughtful and mindful to not make anyone feel shame about anything in their experience from <laughs> conception to motherhood and everything in between like you Thank just you. really are so empowering um as a friend but as a doula like anyone would be so lucky to have you as a part of their birthing experience or motherhood experience Mm -hmm. or you know parenthood experience um because you are you're breaking down the norms and what people are always trying to tell us you know putting us in boxes and telling us Mm -hmm. this is how our bodies work and if yours doesn't work like that you're wrong Mm -hmm. something's wrong with you like Mm -hmm. you never like as a friend and, you know, we've talked at length through my journey of, you know, deciding to become a a mother one day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you've never made me feel shame or feel like something is wrong with me because my body doesn't do what all these other bodies are doing. (laughs) And I'm just so grateful for that. And, and I'm so grateful for your voice to be heard here in that way too, to know like everyone could feel safe you know, through having that support system. Yeah. Um, and I hope it's, that there are other doulas <laughs> out in the world that. like you <laughs> who <laughs> who are just there to empower you and to remind you of like the goddess that is within you that is that created this life and and helping to grow that bond. And I know that mm. that comes true from what was lacking in your oh. own experience. Yes. And so I, I you know, it's it's shitty that you had to go through what you went through but I really think it is kind of your magic power that helped you get to this point and I'm so excited for (laughs) all of the birthing people 
who get to experience you in the future. They're Thank so you. I really appreciate that huge, huge filled comment, compliment. That's so <laughs> nice. Um, that's really all I ever want to portray as a doula um, and definitely as a mother, like for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know, as a friend and as a woman, I definitely, I want to portray all of that mm -hmm. as everything I am and in my whole being because maybe it is because, you know, someone like me and a lot of us didn't get that growing up in the areas that it was important, whether it's birth mm -hmm. or not. But you're right, Amber, everyone deserves to feel that safety. Everyone deserves to feel that support. And if you can find somebody that you connect with, especially in a doula, on a spiritual yeah. level, mm -hmm. huh, that birth experience can really be something crazy. It could be life changing for you. Yeah. And and the biggest thing is, is even if you can't get that connection with your doula and you're just fine with your connection with her as is, search mm -hmm. for that fire within and yourself because that's what's going to mm -hmm. get you through. Mm -hmm. Not your doula, not your partner, not that water, mm -hmm. not the shower. <laughs> that's you remembering that power and where it's coming from mm -hmm. because it is very deeply rooted very deeply rooted. so witchy <laughs> i mean centuries centuries old mm -hmm. you know you're not the first woman to share these cells in your womb your mom was yeah. not the first woman to share those cells and her mom was not the first woman mm -hmm. this is centuries old you have power from every generation in your womb and if you can connect with that power ooh, got some goosebumps yeah. <laughs> as nobody's gonna get in your way and you're gonna birth the shit out of that baby this yes. is gonna be awesome. <laughs> oh, I love babies being born. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Are your eyes leaking? Oh. It's so powerful. It's amazing. So um I do we don't have a ton of time left, but mm -hmm. I kind of want to talk about like what coercion can look like in the hospital and how sure. your doula will I can give you a quick example you. of that. That kind I know of, that could go on for hours. Yeah. Too, and plus it's very triggering for me. Like every, that's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I always warn my clients. So we're starting that nodule. I'm like, so I'm going to probably stand up and like use my hands, my Italian side. I'm going to be moving around <laughs> and I'm going to get really loud. And I might just push a lot of sarcasm through here and just lose my shit a little bit. So like I always warn people because I still am healing from that because that is one mm -hmm. place I will admit with no shame in a hospital environment, if that's something that's happening in the environment and I'm there, <laughs> um, it's not going to stay that way for long. And I do not remain professional if it doesn't stop. Um, Mama I am still Mama. welcome in all the hospitals <laughs> in the Denver area. I just want everyone to know I've never been kicked out. But there's been a couple bursts where it was close. Okay. Now, medical <laughs> coercion can sound and look like a lot of things. But the basic thing is, let me think. Hold on. Let me, I'll try to word this in like a way that's simple so I don't tangent too hard since we don't have a lot of time. Um, maybe we can do the brain acronym. Yeah. Um, I wrote that down. I love that. Good. Okay, good. Let's just do that then. So br brain, B-R-A-I-N. Okay. This is a really good acronym for any medical environment. doesn't have mm -hmm. to just be birth, but definitely when it comes to birth. So B stands for benefits. Okay. What are the benefits of making this decision positively or negatively? Yes, agreeing or not agreeing to whatever it is. What are the benefits to making this decision? If I get the epidural, 
what are my benefits? If I don't get the epidural, what are my benefits? It's mm-hmm. totally up to you. And that is something your doula cannot tell you for. Like, that's something that mm-hmm. I have experienced tension between my birth client and I, because I will never make a decision for you because your body is mm-hmm. not mine. I do not have control of your anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to do it. So that's why I hope everyone's listening to doing their homework when I'm working with them because they have the yeah. hour down to it. So what are the benefits, mm-hmm. right? That's a big one. And that's when you need to be like, oh, I don't remember, Seema. Why should I maybe get the epidural? Cool, then we'll Mm -hmm. run through it. And if I'm finding a hard way to explain it to her for some reason because emotions run high with certain clients and they're not really understanding simple things, that's when I simply just say, let me get the anesthesiologist. Let's just wait for him to get here because if you say no, they'll just leave. Nobody's Mm -hmm. hurt. They they won't do Mm -hmm. it. They'll just leave. They'll explain everything to you and then they'll leave if you don't want to do it. So Mm -hmm. we'll go get them. But Next thing in brain is R for risks, okay? What are the risks involved? Is there a risk of me saying yes to the fentanyl? Is there a risk to me saying yes to the epidural? Is there a risk to me saying yes to a nausea medication? Like, it could be anything, you know, that they might present to you. Um, What are the risks, right? Or it could be in a situation where they're suggesting something because something looks scary to them on a monitor, So that's when you go, Mm -hmm. obviously, I don't know the risks of not saying yes to this. So I'm going to ask them, hey, care provider, what are the risks of me not taking the meds that you're recommending? Mm -hmm. Then that will help you make a decision because your doula is not going to know it all because you're in a medical situation where your doula can't really Mm -hmm. tell you legally Mm -hmm. what the risks are if they don't know them by heart with absolute confidence. That's when you Mm -hmm. tell them, let's talk to your care provider team. What are the risks of her not taking this medication now if she decides she doesn't want to? Okay. Um, alternatives. What are are there any alternatives? Instead of the instead of the fentanyl, what else can I do? Instead of the epidural, what else can I do? Um, I don't want to, or maybe it's not even medication, but it's I'm in bed at the hospital and they're suggesting I get in the tub. And that fucking freaks you out because you don't want to move because you're in labor and mm-hmm. it's the time and you're like, if I move, my contraction's going to come on and I don't want to right now. And it's okay to feel that way. That's totally normal. You're still going to get through it. You'll get over that emotional hump of feeling defeated. Mm-hmm. It will happen over and over and you will have a team there or a doula or your partner to keep you going on top of your own fire. Don't forget. So alternatives, what the alternatives are, um, man, if I don't want to get up and go to the shower, then what can I do? That's when doula or care provider, hopefully, if doula doesn't, goes, how about some warm washcloths and, and a couple of, mm. couple of, you know, bring the moist heat mm-hmm. to you so you don't have to move. Or here's mm-hmm. one that's happened. What are the alternatives to getting up and going pee? Because everyone wants me to empty my bladder because my bladder, full bladder is impeding baby from dropping into my canal, but I don't want to move. Cool. Mm-hmm. What are my alternatives from getting up to go to the bathroom? Your doula Sima will go get a bath towel, roll it up, and put it between your legs and let you pee into the towel and then get rid of it for you. No big deal. Don't move. Amazing. But we're going to empty your bladder because baby needs to come down. Okay. So um, there's a, it doesn't have to be medical, but it can feel very big decision, even just getting up to pee. And I want you to know that, Taylor. Everything is a big decision when you're in labor. Okay. Next on brain is going to be the eye for intuition. Come on, ladies. What's intuition? What is that shit? What does my gut say to do? 
come on, we know what that is. And we have it so mm-hmm. strong. And when you are it's a first time mom, you got to listen to your fire. You have to listen to your gut. And if you don't trust your gut, you better find that focus point to where you can get back to trust because you can do mm-hmm. this. You will know if you need help. You will know if something doesn't feel right. Even though you've never mm-hmm. done this before, you will fucking know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is going to be N. Nothing. Hmm. What if we do nothing? What if we do nothing? Mm-hmm. Just like, what if I ignore this? What do we do? What, do, what happens if I ignore it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time that we even get to the end, because by the time that someone usually gets to risks and alternatives, they've made their decision. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to get through the whole acronym though. And if the few times in the situations I've been in that we actually got down to the end, it's because we were at a birth center and we didn't want to transfer, but her blood pressure had been really, 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 really high. And it'd been really high for a while now. And if we did nothing, then we can lose you both. And we had to get to mm-hmm. the end to figure out what the very real situation is if we do nothing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it is really serious. And we have to get all the way through that and get to the end and go, okay, well, what do we? what happens if we don't do anything? And sometimes it's nothing and that if you do get to the end and you just start laughing because you realize you just talked yourself off of an anxiety ledge that was unnecessary and you say, no, thanks. I don't want the epidural. I'm fine. Please leave. Thanks. And keep laboring in the hospital or whatever you're doing. It's okay. Sometimes you get to get through the entire end. So that is the best tool I can put out onto the internet if people don't already know about it when it comes to medical coercion. They're not sure if it's medical coercion, if they're not sure that's what they need to do. Go through it. If there's not a, a question for them to be answering with their acronym, then there might be something else going on. So let's get into that just a tiny bit. I know we don't have a lot of time, but um, let's see. Using fear tactics is a big one. Right. Mom, baby's heart dropped on that last contraction. I really don't like that. And I don't think the baby does either. And if you keep going on this way, we're going to have to go to cesarean, whether you like it or not. These are things that could be said so much differently from your care provider team in a Mm -hmm. hospital environment. They could say, hey, no big deal. Baby's heart rate dropped a little bit on that last big contraction. So I just want you to know I'm watching it and you're doing great. I'll let you know if something changes. That's Mm -hmm. how they should approach it. And I know that because it Mm -hmm. has been approached that way many times in an appropriate manner with me in a hospital environment supporting a client. But more than half those times has been the other way. Mom, you're risking killing your baby if we don't do something. Mom, we're going to have to, I'm going to call your doctor and get them in here because your blood pressure is just a little too elevated for me. And then sometimes the OB will get there two hours later. No rush at all. And go, no, I think mom's doing just fine. And leave. And everything's fine. Jeez. Or the doctor will get there and be so over it that you've been in labor for over 30 hours and they need the room for the uh, outstanding list of inductions coming in that afternoon. So they're going to tell you, hey, mom, <laughs> and they'll rub your shoulder. You've been doing this a while. I know. I know. You've done great. Why what do you think about us just getting baby out? And that is exactly how they approach it when they want to get you, just get you out. And then you're going in for a cesarean. And you don't know it yet, but in your foggy postpartum fog, you're getting a bill 
from your insurance that says you had an elective cesarean when you really don't remember it that way because you got coerced into it. But now you're getting billed for an elective one, not an emergency one. Those are very different prices in insurance. Dang. Especially if you're on something, I don't know what they call it there in Oregon, but we got Medicaid here. What do you got? Is it there? Mm-hmm. Medicaid there? OHP. OHP. You got OHP? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to watch out because you are a low income client and they will not treat you the same as a high paying dollar private insurance person. And I promise you, that's just the way of America. And you won't see it until you get that bill. Elective cesarean? What do you mean I elected to go? I was 10 centimeters. This is an elective. Mm-hmm. You made me do that. You convinced me I was too tired to keep going. You convinced me my baby would die. And you billed me for an elective cesarean? Jesus. 35 to more me, minutes of pushing, that like... baby could have been born. If you just got the fuck out of the room and let me have the room. You know what I'm saying? So, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Getting, sorry. Getting a little. You know, I just feel like it's <laughs> with all of that, it's so hard to know when it is actually like a dire that's why thing. you should and like when clients. it's an emergency that's why we do this is what this medication's for and this is when you really should take it if your blood pressure is within these ranges you should consider taking it if your blood pressure hits this number definitely take it because your life is at risk babe you got to give them the general idea of when they should know if your doula is not mm-hmm. preparing you enough to know when your blood, pre- like at, if you don't want to, if your doula is not saying it, then you better look it up. What are the normal ranges for elevated blood pressure during labor? Find those mm-hmm. numbers and discuss them with your care provider before baby comes and say, I just know that sometimes my blood pressure can sometimes elevate during labor because of stress and dehydration and other things. And I know we have IVs and other things that there's going to, but I just want to discuss with you, like how fast you guys, you and your team elevate to a cesarean once these numbers start happening. Cause mm-hmm. I want to tell you on a midwifery side of things at home, if you have a home birth, those numbers that they would take you to a cesarean in the hospital, they're not going to take you to a transfer at home. Those are normal. Your body's having a baby. You're experiencing nuts of pain that nobody else would even experience. So, of course, your elevated blood pressure is going to happen just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So just between y'all and I and the rest of the internet, you got to talk to your OB. (laughs) You're not going to have a home birth. I urge you to change your mind. If you don't have the money to have a home birth, (laughs) I get it. Think about doing a birth center or saving up for the next six months to do a birth center. um, If not a home birth, I really urge you, you know. But also, like, know your mm-hmm. shit. If you're going to have a hospital ba- birth, just know your shit. Know your shit so you don't go in there and labor on scared to death. Because that will ruin your yeah. that will ruin your labor experience. You will not dilate. Your progress will yeah. stop if you have fear. Your progress mm-hmm. will stop if you have anxiety. I don't care how many hours you've been in labor. You're at 10 or 11 or 10 or 11, <laughs> eight, eight, nine or 10 centimeters dilated. And then you're having fear and anxiety. I promise you, no matter how many more hours pass, you're not going to pass that baby. The baby's not going to come. Your body won't let it. Just like mm-hmm. an animal. It is not safe yep. out here. So I'm not going to do yep. it. I won't dilate anymore. I might even go backwards. Baby might even start slipping back up. And I'm now seven centimeters instead of almost nine. Oh, my God. And it does happen. <sighs> and it's disheartening. But if that does happen, you better tell everyone to get the fuck out of that room if your life's not in danger. Mm-hmm. So you can re- recalibrate yourself. And if that mm-hmm. even means your partner, then kick him out and tell him that this is no hard feelings, but I need a moment with my fire. I need to remember my power. Yes. Chills. Got to. Oof. And the only way to do that is to kick <laughs> everyone out because who in their right mind in the animal kingdom 
has a baby in a white box with a bunch of wires and beeps and things happening. No, you got to clear that environment and be alone with you and your Mm -hmm. baby. And that's the only way you can let that primal instinct come through and give you the fire. Because you're in an environment that's not familiar. You have to do a mental check-in because you can't change what's around you if you're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So always don't be scared to clear the room. Always. If as long as my life's not in danger, I'd like everyone out for the next 10 minutes, please. And if they argue with you, is my life in danger? Cut them off. Well, no. Then great. I want you to leave. You can come back in 10 minutes and look the other way. Do not be a, and you're not being a <laughs> bitch. You're like, oh, caught my own baby. Catch <laughs> your own baby. I almost yeah. did. That's exactly what I had to do. I went from <laughs> to 10 centimeters in 15 minutes because I told those motherfuckers to get out of the room and to get Ooh, this net off my yes. damn head. And then my son came yes, yes, and yes. I pushed him out mm-hmm. three pushes. Okay. You got to find the power because you can. And I did it. And I know every other laboring person in the world can. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a medical situation where your OB is literally showing you on a on some kind of a diagram that, hey, see this, you have all this fibrous tissue and scar tissue at the base of your uterus, and this is going to, it's not going to allow you to dilate because you have this very real scar tissue happening. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Unless someone, you have a reason, you know that you might not dilate because of that. You can do it. But I do also know that there are people out there that have internal scarring from this, that, and the other, usually something really mm-hmm. traumatic. And that can absolutely counteract on, on dilation. And people don't talk about that either. Because mm-hmm. if you have scar tissue in your womb and in your uterus or your vagina from previous trauma, whether self-inflicted or not, because some people don't know they've traumatized and scarred their tissues by doing some sexy stuff and some kinks, okay? Mm-hmm. Gonna get that shit checked out. You don't know. Have them have some specialist look at you. Make sure there's no fibroids, there's no scar tissues, just to make sure. If you have the time and money, get the specialist to take a look. Find another OB and a second opinion just to be sure that they don't see any fibrous tissue or scars that might impede your dilation. And even then, you could probably yeah. do something to stretch it, but you're gonna have to do it early. And you gotta do perineal massage. Put that on there. Perineal massage before birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta rub around those lips and stretch everything out before baby comes and you gotta get used to that pressure mm-hmm. got a good youtube video i send people for it and they use it like, they use like a doll like a stuffed vagina to show you so it's nothing scary amazing <laughs> it's a plushy badge you know squishmallow badge well, thanks <laughs> That's amazing. I feel yeah. like we could talk for hours and yeah. hours. Oh, I could. I'm sure y'all are. Maybe at no we worries. will have to have you back. Yeah, oh, <laughs> would love to. I would love to. Um, birth or not? Would do one sec. Yeah. Questions first. I think it's questions first. I'm okay. pretty sure it's questions first. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to share before we move on to closing out? I guess I would say to all the witchy mamas and sisters and trans and queer and lover witches out there that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what kind of witch you think you are or you even call yourself or identify as a witch. If you have Mm -hmm. a calling, if you have a passion, if you have an intuition about anything, that that is witch. You are witch. Mm -hmm. And not to feel (laughs) any type of way if someone thinks that you are being fake woke because that is such a thing right now. 
people being fake woke. Mm-hmm. It's so trendy. But as we all know, it's a collective evolution happening. And if your passion mm-hmm. happens to be with saving the tadpoles in every little body of water in your town, make it a passion and be a witch about it because it will change the world. <laughs> but no questions. Oh, no, no questions. I love that. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the entire point of this podcast. Yeah. Thank God. It was so beautifully said. <laughs> thank you. Fucking love it. Oh, thanks, well, guys. we love to ask our guests uh, two beautiful questions. Okay. Um, and so the first one is, what is something that you do for self-care that you just can't live without? Hmm. Just like I'm like torn between three different things. Same all. <laughs> I think though the most important I know for sure the most important thing I give myself for self care on a daily basis is grace. Um, mm. I've never been good at giving myself grace, and I have gotten pretty damn good at it in the last month or year and a half. And I mm. I recommend yes. everyone tries that. Even if you literally just stop for a second and say, I need to give myself grace, it's going to change mm-hmm. how you're feeling. So give yourself grace. That's I my favorite that. self-care tool. Thank you. That's really important and something that a lot of people may not think about or recognize mm-hmm. as self-care, but it absolutely is. I agree. Because so a lot of times people think of self-care, self-care is just doing, doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's not doing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's reminding yourself so, and believing it. Love it. I love it. Amen. Um, our other question is if you could tell your past self one thing, what would it be? And that could be yourself yesterday or mm-hmm. when you were a kid or any time in between. That's a good one because every answer is so specific to each person. I like that. What a good question. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> it's our favorite. Gosh, it's so good. <laughs> I would say to my younger self, fifth grade, mm-hmm. slow down. Mm. Slow down. And yeah. I would, I guess I could elaborate, but I you just know to. that that was the year that I decided like I needed to start growing up. And so mm. I would tell my, my so fifth real. grade year old self to slow down. Yeah. I love that. I like, I'm, I'm envisioning makes myself me cry. in fifth grade yeah. and mm-hmm. like so excited to get my period and, you know, mm-hmm. just all these things developing yeah. And yeah, you just want to grow I up. I've been to think for that. years by then. <laughs> really? My fifth grade? I started in third grade. Yeah. Holy my shit. sister Yana did nine too. nine years old. My sister was nine mm-hmm. as well. Wow. Yeah. It's not as common, but it's more common now, actually. Yeah. It Statistics is. are it's like nine and 10 is when people are starting their period. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have my 12. daughter Ava to thank for that piece of advice because she is fifth mm. grade going into sixth. This, you know, next year she'll be a sixth yeah, grader. Yeah, right in front of your and eyes. This year has been. <laughs> such a year of her fighting to grow up fast and coming to me so confused about snapchat and tube tops and thong underwear and I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. let me just tell you a little bit about song underwear have you ever heard of rue 21 <laughs> charlotte Roos? Mm-hmm. 
Hot topic. <laughs> I stole those motherfuckers. <laughs> I was not allowed to have them, and neither are you. <sighs> so you know, like also, they're not comfortable. They're so. not comfortable. No, I know, oh, right? Boy. But she's, she's. I have a lot to thank for. She's been helping with healing without even realizing it because I've just been watching wow, her yeah. go through something I went through at that age, and I'm so glad mm-hmm. that she's coming mm-hmm. to me. So I can help her She's slow down. She's such a healer. Yes, she is. She is such a Yeah, healer. that'll be a whole other episode talking about a- a- Ava's yeah. connections. Yeah, oh, she is. Angel. And cool. generational like connections. We'll have to yeah. have me back. God, we'll have to have Power. me back. Yeah. Yes. Write that down, that. Amber. See my back. You Talk about it. Ava. Because she is. <laughs> yeah. you, you of all people know. Oh, Magic. She's, <laughs> she's a feeler. She's mm-hmm. a deep feeler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so this is where we do our card pull. How are you Yay. feeling? Is that something that you feel like you would want to do or would you prefer us to do it? Mm. I'm feeling connected to deck right now. She's feeling good. You should do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. No pressure, but you yeah. should. Yeah. You know, you can you sometimes you touch your deck and you're just like maybe I'll pull a card tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I don't feel like yes. doing that right now. Yeah. Um, if you guys ever upload video footage for your podcast, people are going to laugh at my facial expressions. I don't even know how many silly faces I made. I was just making one. I was like, that's hilarious. Um, just cut my deck. And I already, um, I'm using the the goddess power Oracle today. I'm just so connected Mm. with this one here. Let me find, here's my little booklet for everybody there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Colette I send me pictures yeah after too. perfect and we did a smudging before the call okay mm-hmm. okay some intention to my deck here What do we need to know as a collective from this call? Oof, my heart is racing. You guys hear? Mm-hmm. Okay. We got some Aphrodite. Okay, guys? We got oh, some Aphrodite. Yes, we do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am woman. Hear me roar. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the exact thing from the booklet. So there's no way that anyone could say that I got it wrong. No, just kidding. Oh, no, no one <laughs> would don't. ever say that. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. So Aphrodite, romantic love. Let me put the card up and I'll take pictures for I you. I want a headset like hers. <laughs> like uh, the Amazon, rainbow. <laughs> this is a gaming PC, okay? This, these yeah, are great. I'll send I'm, you the link. We're going to switch. Pretty sick. <laughs> all right. The Greek, and I did pull it face uh, face up and right side up. She was mm-hmm. not up. She wasn't upside down. Just so everyone knows, listeners. Mm-hmm. The Greek goddess of romantic love, Aphrodite, represents a state of ecstatic being that she now invites you to cultivate within. <laughs> you mm. can experience the world as a sensual, expressive, creative being if you allow yourself the freedom to explore what this means to you. That's, I was just saying, what makes you a witch? Lord. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Perhaps this is a potent, this is a potent portion, excuse me, a portent of new partnering or a deepening of one you already have. Or perhaps this is a time for you to claim this aspect of your nature, which may have lain dormant for a while. 
Aphrodite mm. invites you to fall in love with your life now and choose to look for the essence and expression of love all around you. By doing so, love will increase tenfold and you will see evidence of it everywhere you turn. This is your sacred task when Aphrodite chooses to aid and empower you. Mm. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Y'all, that that's... was a good empowerment message for today's call, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds so perfect. So spot on. Thank you for pulling that for us. Yeah, thank you for letting me and, <laughs> and suggesting I did. I'm so grateful. Thank you oh, so much. We're so grateful too. Yeah. So proud of you. <laughs> proud of y'all too. This is amazing. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, where can listeners uh, contact you get, or, you know, follow you? Sure. Where, where, where do you feel safe putting your, yeah, yourself out? I have a super, uh, I don't upload a lot, but I do have an Instagram that you are welcome to um, send me DMs, requests, or follows regarding skincare or birth work. Um, I also do offer virtual birth work for out of state. Um, it's very resource oriented and homework oriented, but it is something I don't mind doing and presenting childbirth education a la carte, etc. Um, and I have an Instagram. It is Sema SD, so C E M A underscore E S T H I. That's where we met. Yep. Yep. That is <laughs> where we Sima met. SD on Instagram. <laughs> I'll never forget Instagram that beautiful besties. yellow dress you wore when you walked in the clinic that day. I was like, she's Aww. literally a sunflower. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me today, you guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so very much. So grateful. Amazing. And full of wisdom and so helpful. Thank you empowering so fucking mm -hmm. empowering hell yeah um so as always drink some water take a nap give yourself grace mm. sit on the couch and watch tv for a day yeah <laughs> cuddle yeah. an animal that you're not allergic to because i do understand mm -hmm. cat and dog oh. allergies are a thing Get a chicken. Yeah. Cuddle yeah. something. <laughs> Cuddle a chicken. It's on Instagram, so it's real. I've seen people do it. <laughs> Thank you. Love, 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 love lady. Thank love you. you so much, Seema. Love you so much. Love you too. Find us on TikTok and Instagram at Waking Up the Witch. Please email us your witchy stories, ghost stories, corrections, and advice questions to wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. Love you. Love you.